This is Darren Hunter here and welcome to the BDM Coach podcast show where BDM Coach experts Michael Sands and Dennis Yusuf show you how you can become effective BDMs. Now also for 40 ways to grow your rent roll, we've put together a free book, The PM Lead Secrets. All you've got to do is pay for shipping. Go to pmleadsecrets.com. That's pmleadsecrets.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. You know, in today's age, you can't just have boring photos on your property marketing listings. You've got to have a virtual walkthrough tour. That way tenants can quickly qualify themselves and look through the property even at two in the morning online. But I can hear you say, look, Darren, it's too expensive with cameras and takes too long. That's why you've got to go to virtualtourscreator.com.au and check out how you can do walkthrough virtual tours using your mobile phone. Go and check it out. Also, talk to Tom there at virtualtourscreator.com.au on how you can quickly turn your tours into really cheap floor plans as well. Take care. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. I am with Michael Sands, but today we're not with Dennis Youssef, which is very unusual for the BDM Coach podcast show because, of course, Dennis is a star BDM coach along with Michael Sands. I mean, you guys do rent roll growth, train a number of people with BDMs, a number of clients, coaching clients and BDMs as well. Congratulations. But Michael, the other day you sent me this document um, by email for me to have a look at, and it's all these different questions around working out who your avatar is. Now, Michael, um, Avatar is an amazing movie and it's coming out. You know, we've actually got the second movie coming out, I think Christmas time. Have you seen the trailer for it? I'm so excited for those two more, two more films, two more installments. Cannot I wait. think it's going to be amazing. You definitely got to go to the cinema. So, Michael, um, are we talking about an Avatar movie today, or what? What do you mean by Avatar? What, oh, what, um, what do you mean by working out your Avatar? That would be awesome. I think it's more commonly accepted now. So, an Avatar is a detailed um, profile of um your ideal client um it's all you know avatars can also be described as in like social media where it's a caricature of what you look like and your attributes your hair color your 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 clothes what you like to wear and so on yeah um in this sense avatar is understanding your ideal client so understanding who the clients are in your network in your business is really important and we see so many agencies when they go out to bring in new business there's no there's no strategy around it right like they treat every single lead inquiry exactly the same mm. and they don't differentiate but you know if you want to work on your conversion you need to know who you're working with correct and you got to know the type of client that you want because this isn't a, everyone this is not a free-for-all you can't just go out and sign up every client you're going to get this variety mix you know toxic a good in your rent roll and we just got to stop this 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 cherry picking um you know um uh, lucky dip sort of thing you know we really got to focus and i think the start with this here everyone is that you know print off your owner list and look at the types of owners that you've got in we're going to run through a list shortly of the different types of owners that you actually work with some good some bad but look at the ones that bring in the best fees have the best rents they're easiest to deal with 
And out of that, once you start working out from the list that we'll give you shortly, you will see those one, a, a, probably a main type of client, the ideal client that probably brings in the most business. All righty. And then the second type and then the third type. And then really there'll be rarely other types. You know, the Pareto principle really does rule that, you know, one client probably will dominate 80% of the type of clients. Now, your type of client may be different. If you're a traditional real estate agency, you've got a sales arm, you've got property management arm, then you're going to have um, a, a different mix of investors uh, or, or, or owners compared to a rent role that just works with property developers, for example. Um, so you, you need to know who your avatar is. Now, we need to know that avatar really, really specifically. And as a marketer myself, the amount of stories where I'm listening to uh, teachers and trainers and how they've gone into an office talking about, you know, who your ideal client is. And some offices and businesses know the avatar so well you know, um, right down to their typical age, their typical structure, you know, they could have family with two children, they even drive a certain car. Um, they, they've got the, the exactness of who that avatar is right down to a lot of details. I've even given the person a name, fictitious name like Bob or Jan or something. And they, you know, will, and when they're looking at marketing, go, well, mm. will that appeal to Bob? Well, that appeal to Jan because they know intimately. And I can tell you right now, everyone, Marketing 101, you must know your target audience. How important is that, Michael? It's super important. And again, we touched on before, if you don't know who you're working with, you're not going to get a good conversion rate if you treat everybody the same. Uh, and again, this is something we see in so many offices. They don't have that direction. And it's one of the reasons, Sue, Darren, why we have that um, lead target document that we have for our coaching clients which is where we get everyone to write down where they want their leads to come from. You know, accountants, planners, mum and dads, um, you know, where those leads come. So then they can work on the conversion of it. But we would have Darren Avatar working out what's the ideal age, right? What's the ideal age of, of the client that you want to work with? Mm. It was an office that I saw years ago and the average age of their clients was like 65 plus. Now, if you have a red roll and your clients are 65 plus in age, you can see the issue that there's going to be a changeover of some sort over the next five to 10 years. When we look at average, um, average ages in the country, um, they weren't targeting anyone youthful. Right. So they, their business will have some, you know, exposure. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you say that, you know, part of your avatar is you want your investors and landlords to be between that um, 35 and 50 years old, you know, you know, this person I just met with, they fit into our avatar. They are ideal clients for us. Yep. yep. And we, you've got to know your ideal client because, you, and please don't go picking the ideal clients or the clients that are going to give you a hard time. You're not going to earn any money from. You've really got to focus on who you want to attract your agency because then if you're marketing from there, once you know your avatar, your marketing can be so, so effective because now you can write marketing that's relevant just to your ideal client, your avatar, all right? But anyway, let, let's just move on. Let's quickly go through, Michael, the, the typical client or ideal client types or avatar types that you're probably dealing with in property management. And then we're going to go into uh, 10 questions and 10 things to think about to work out that ideal client. Now, um, if you want to reach out, Michael, if people want to reach out to you, um, to, to discuss it and talk to you about their ideal client or coaching or anything like that, 
Um, what's the best way to reach out to you? Is, is just your um, Michael at IGTmail.com? Is that the best way? Yeah, just send us an email, Michael at IGTmail.com. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll book a time to have a chat, have, have a catch up. All right, let's just quickly go through this list here. So, all right, these are the, the Michael and I just brainstormed the typical clients or avatars mm. that you may be working with. Now, this list is just a free-for-all. Some are good, some are bad. So we're not saying all of these are good, but these are the things that you deal with. Um, and it's going to be up to you to work out who you want to be targeting, who your avatar is going to be, um, and who you need to avoid. All righty, firstly, the deliberate investor or the property investor, I call them. And, and Michael, I think we can agree. They're people that um, have wealth in mind, wealth creation in mind. They'll deliberately go buy a property. They're probably going to hang on to it. Um, for a long period of time they're in it for business um, and uh, you know I personally think if I'm going to be running a rent roll this is the only owner that I would want to have on my rent roll well what's your feedback on that well yeah I mean you want to have people that are intentionally investors right because they're pragmatic they understand there's expenses and costs involved in running an investment property and you know they're probably looking for that long-term growth or um, that's their ideal strategy yep uh Probably, probably is one of the highest and best uh, types of clients you could have. Right, and I've been I've I've been involved with rent rolls where only that type of client was on it, and it was just so so good. They didn't sell. Um, it it was just you know owners didn't move back into their properties. It was such a stable, wonderful rent roll. All right, the next um, uh, avatar that we've got here is the accidental investor. So quickly, Michael, what's an accidental property investor? Well, someone you should be cautious of, um, Darren, is the easiest way of putting it. Uh, look, it's, you know, when people have moved out of a home they've been living in and, you know, they might they might have had a tap dripping for the last two years and didn't care and they think, oh, no, my tenant could put up with that because I did. Um, they had no real reason to have an investment property and they typically treat the tenants, you know, as such, but they're doing them a favour. So you're saying they, they've got no real reason to be a property investor, except that life circumstances have changed for them and they need to move away from their family home. And you and I know that their emotions are tied up to the home. They also have a photographic memory attached to those emotions. They're very reluctant to understand or accept um, wear and tear or they accept wear and tear with absolute pain. Um, and they're likely to go to town on you when they finally move back in um, and very, very upset and angry about what they believe the condition of the property has been left in. So again, um, I personally don't favour these type of things, but in a traditional rent roll with sales, you know, you're going to get these sorts of things. All right, the next one is a multiple property owner. Um, he may have a lot of properties. And Michael, I probably hazard to say that this type of avatar, these people probably do own the properties, a lot of them. They're very wealthy. These are probably the only real owner type, maybe a couple of others that are wealthy. Um, things to be careful, of course, they feel they've got a lot of control. They want to have your, uh, they want a discount on your management fee. Um, if they leave you financially, it's going to be very painful um, because you've got too many of your eggs in one basket. Um, so uh, yeah, the next one, the, um, the self-managed landlord how does that happen michael and what are some of the areas of pain on that one well these are the people who think that they can do a better job themselves you know where they think that they're going to be saving money yep. if they manage the property on their own because they've seen how easy the property managers make it look that they can do it um luckily enough where we are darren you know there's more uh, properties that are managed by agents than self-managed but when you're dealing with uk america new zealand 
yep, it's not the case. They've no. got more self-managed owners there. And, and I think, Michael, they like the control, you know. They're probably used to be able to knock on the door at any time and come in at any time and, and do the repairs at any time and come and take the fruit off the tree at 7 o'clock on a Sunday morning. Um, and the other thing, Michael, I've found with these type of owners is um, the high amount of wear and tear and the battering that the property's taken up to that point because they think they're great at property management. The truth is they're crap at property management. They're terrible at tenant selection. And the home is a real, the worst for it after a period of time with all the tenants moving in and out, the low quality tenants have had. And it just seems to be really battered around the edges. Is that your experience too? 100%. I actually just did a video yesterday, Darren, on wear and tear too. So um, yeah, you said because they're familiar with living in the property. Mm. You know, they, they, they put up with things more so than anyone else. All right, next one is the inherited owners. So these are the ones that mum and dad have passed away. They've, uh, the children have inherited the property. Um, now they're just rubbing their hands together. Woohoo, money for jam, rent out the property. Um, a couple of quick things, everyone, because we've got to move quickly through this list is what I found is that the, the property probably needs a good upgrade. Um, and there's probably a lot of repairs that need to be done. Um, and, um, and also please keep in mind that that home is used to uh, probably one elderly person living in it for 20 years. Suddenly the, the stresses of the property completely change, a whole family moves in, um, and the, the house has gone, crikey, what's happening? And it just magically starts to fall apart around the edges. And I've, I've had this, it's just it was so used to one person and now it's like freaking out. It's got a whole family. So just keep those things in mind. We definitely see that, Darren, where the people have had the property inherited down to them and they think, great, let's get money making right away on this. Let's put it up for rent. And the carpet has got the thick warning traffic, the thick pink um, fluffy carpet. <laughs> the pink bathroom. <laughs> pink bathroom with a carpet in the bathroom there too. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I know those houses because, you know, they're in a lot of the areas that we were in. Yeah. And they want to make money on them right away. And they want to get top dollar on them too without putting in any uh, investment back into it. And, um, you know, that's when they'll, they'll quibble over trying to sell it also, probably during a tenancy, put a tenant in there and then let's sell it. Mm. And, you know, they want top dollar. All right, next one is the developer. So this is where we've got a relationship with a property developer. We're actually covering that at our conference, but um, you know, you're getting a, 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 a the developer maybe placing properties with you. That also is a multiple property owner as well. Um, and uh, yeah, or what I call the the bulldozer, which is where a person buys a you know a property, it's run down, and they're going to uh, rent it out and wait for the economy to be right so they can bulldoze the property um, and, and build on it. And um, so they're, they're developers, but the property is probably a piece of crap and you've got to manage it. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of issues and problems around that. So um, you, you're, you're just babysitting the property until the, the owner is ready to make his move and the economy is right. So um, again, uh, with this list, Michael, we're not saying whether these, these type of clients are good or bad. That's for you. But these are the type of clients that typically land on our desk, sometimes from the sales department, and we've got to do them a favor and we've got to take one for the team. So, um, all right, moving on. The committee. So this is something probably you don't come across very often, but let's say you got a, you know, you got a, what we call a church manse or a 
the home where the minister has been living in and the church that runs it has got a committee um, and then they go, well, hang on, you know, the pastor now doesn't want this crappy property. They want a proper property. We're going to rent out this property, but now you're dealing with a committee. So that's another type of landlord. Of course, there's positives and, of course, negative dealing with that, but that's another type of avatar. The next one is the sales landlord. They can't sell the property. Um, they haven't been able to. The market's soft um, and they're desperate to rent it out. And so now they're going to, you know, the salesperson comes in, drops keys on your desk, gives your name and number and said, right, these people are ready to rent it out. Again, some positives and some negatives, of course. Um, and we do see those come across our desk um, in, a, in, a, in a traditional rent role. This is quite an extensive list. I think also, too, that um, people need to understand, like you were saying, Darren, that we get a whole scope of people walking through the door. Um, you are fortunate enough as the property manager, the BDM, the business owner, to be able to select the people that you work with. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. All right. The next one is, um, okay, the short stay owner that now turns it into mm. a long-term accommodation, Michael. So what typically were the type of properties we're talking about? Yeah, and haven't we just gone through uh, that the last um, couple yeah. of years with a short stay? Airbnb people just couldn't rent out their properties from COVID. They're now turning them into full-time accommodation. I'm sure we're seeing the opposite now happening, Those taking those properties back, putting back on Airbnb again. Um, I've, been, I've had, you know, I've, I've lived in tourist centres where I've ran rent rolls and, you know, we were talking this morning about Lake Bonnie in Barmara, but that's a holiday place and there's shacks, holiday shacks, that are in good quality, they couldn't rent them out anymore in winter. So now they want to turn it into full-time accommodation. So, you know, really depending on your area dynamics, whether that's that's something that's going to happen to you. And, and um, yeah, so that, that's quite an extensive list there. I'm sure there's some other avatars, but you guys have to get very specific on who is your avatar. Print off your owner list, have a look, what's good business to you, and then recognise what good business it is and then recognize well hang on there's a particular type of avatar here we really want to focus on this type of person not make ourselves a free-for-all so michael let's quickly work go through to these qualifying questions that you've got in a list here um and what i would invite you to do if you do want to get this list um just email us office at igtmail.com um, and ask bev um, for the avatar worksheet or the avatar list. And she'll know what that means and she'll send you this list. So let, let's just go through it. Now, the question here, number one, to refine and work out exactly who our avatar so we can understand them intimately. We can understand them intimately. We can reach them um, on social media with email marketing because we reach them through understanding their needs and their pain. To understand the needs and their pain, you've got to know exactly who you're dealing with. So, Question number one, the biggest result I can help my clients achieve is, question mark, hint, this should be the number one most important thing they want to accomplish right now. Michael, over to you. Yeah, I mean, this should be pretty much straightforward, right? So the biggest result I can help my client achieve is renting out my property. Right? Well, that's a generalized statement. So how can that work into us to work out who our avatar is? Well, I mean, there's more than one question we need to ask ourselves to really kind of drill down. And uh, I guess once you know the different types of landlords and that you're approaching and you're trying to create an avatar towards, um, it could be that, you know, you've got a, you know, a 
an invest an experienced investor there. The biggest result I can help my client achieve is having my, their property rented out consistently throughout the year to the best tenant at the highest possible rent. Mm. You know, there are going to be some generalized statements when you ask this, but once you kind of go through this path, you can go back and even fine tune it even further. But I think the outcome of this is people will know who they should be marketing to and who they want on their book. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the first question out of the way. The second question to help you work out who your ideal avatar is. Well, we've sort of touched on this, but the question is describe the favorite client you've ever had that you want more of. And we know who our favorites are. We know who are the people that really rock our boat. You know, we get really excited about. We know the ones we don't like as well. So with this one here, I would actually, you know, get out the pen and paper and write down. So you've got your, your the favorite client in mind remove their name and write down the things that you loved about them. You know, how they engaged with you, how you communicated with them, just everything that you did that you liked about them, because that's going to help you fine tune the type of type of person that you will work with. Yeah. All right. Now, num- the question number three is what's the biggest problem your most ideal client has? And you got here on the, on this form, um, the, the, the avatar worksheet, described it in rich detail so what is the sort of things that you think people need to be writing down michael yeah and remember ideal clients so we're not saying what's the biggest problem that your accidental investor has to deal with okay so if you don't want your accidental investor to be one of your main your main avatars don't include them in your thought process so what's the biggest problem that your most ideal client has and this might also be relevant um, to the demographic, the location that you're in. You could be in an area where the properties are typically high, it's a high vacancy area or could be um, low rents or you know, certain demographics. So what's the biggest problem that your ideal client generally has to deal with? Well, what, what will be some examples? Again, it could be that um, it's an area where uh, the, there's high vacancy rates so not as much demand for the property. Yep. It could be that, you know, the property prices are really high, but the rent yields are quite low. And so you're looking for someone to try and stay in the property for um, longer longer lease periods rather than a rotating six-month lease at a time. Yeah. Um, and again, it could be like a demographic. It could be an area where um, the rents are so cheap that the properties may not be looked after by every tenant that goes through um, that, that property. Um, but again, your ideal client, may just have a property in an area that um, isn't as ideal for you. So whole other conversation that your avatar for your ideal property, hey? Now, again, if you want this worksheet with these 10 questions so you can work out your ideal avatar, your ideal client, just go to office at igtmail.com. Write it down right now. Stop. Um, put it in your Apple notes, whatever. Remind yourself, send yourself an email but uh, or send it to us right now at office at igtmail.com um, and uh, Bev, I guess ask for the avatar, 10 questions, avatar worksheet. She'll know, you mention the word avatar, she'll know what you're meaning. She knows it's not the movie. All righty. So what are the top, now question number four, what are the top three things that frustrate your perfect clients on a daily basis? And mm. we've got in brackets here. Is it doing things they don't want to do? People, circumstances, lack of understanding, Michael? Give us some clarity on that one. Again, um, you're not looking for things that frustrate them in the in terms of having to go and select what they're going to eat for dinner at night time. We're looking at it from a property investment point of view. So what are the three top things that frustrate your perfect clients on a daily basis? It could be that um, they don't have communication from their property manager. It could be that um, the property is always vacant. 
Uh, it could be that the tenant is always uh, reporting maintenance, right? And uh, again, you're looking for things that would frustrate that ideal client um, to make it obvious. We know our clients better than they know themselves when it comes to investing. We know the problems and pitfalls that an accidental investor is going to have, an experienced investor is going to have, a multi, um, multi-dwelling multi owner, a developer is going to have. We know what their pain points are. They may not know what they are. Yeah. And we always say that once you know what the pain points are, you rip it open and you pour the biggest bag of salt on it so they feel the pain. And that's where you step in to make them realize, oh, I don't need to feel this pain anymore. You're going to solve the problem for me. So work out what the three things are that frustrate your clients. So to magnify your solution to make them feel really good, to really soothe them and really enjoy your solution, you've got to magnify their pain. And as you said, Radic, you've got to know their pain points and then rub salt into the wound. This is really marketing 101. All right, moving on. Question number five, explain what you do if you were in their situation, list four to five high level steps. Um, share what you would do, not how you do it. Put your answer here in question five, Michael, help us on that one. Yeah, I guess, you know, you don't want to have it as a pain point that what your client would do when they were frustrated um, with having an investment investment property is to change their property manager. You, I guess you want to know, like, what the steps would be. So if it's a case that the property, that the tenant's always reporting maintenance frequently, it could be to do with the age of the property. It could be that um, there hasn't been any um, significant repairs over a period of time. Um, it could be that... Um, yeah, just the area. The people in the in the area may not look after the properties all the time. So you would write down what those um, frustrations are, and then how would they deal with it? Like, what would they do? So if a tenant keeps damaging the property um, or keeps reporting maintenance, what would you do? Here's an example. I would want to go through the property and check out the things that actually need to be repaired um, or replaced. And yes, it might come at a significant cost to that type of um, you know, avatar, that ideal client. But once it's done, how is that client going to feel? Once the problems that they have have been fixed, how are they going to feel? So write down to the three points from before, four to five different steps to each one. Right? How would they fix it? And how would you fix it? Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Next question. So, um, what keeps the ideal client, the avatar, awake at night? Now, is it worry, fear, anxious? Michael, I'm going to give this scenario to you. You're a property developer, uh, sorry, property investor, okay, um, which is to a lot of rent roles the ideal client, certainly in my books. What would keep a person like yourself, a property investor, deliberate investor, awake at night? What What, what are the typical stress points? Uh, for me, it was more around communication with the with the real estate agency, um, because you know I have I know how to manage the, manage my properties and the tenants contact me and which is probably a no no right you don't want to have the tenants contacting the owner um, about issue, but there's also the other issue that I had was that the um, property managers weren't able to adequately pick up maintenance and report it in time and get it um, resolved, but the yeah but the tenants could so for me. It was not having the confidence in, in the property management um, company that, you know, look after one of them, um, you know, wanting to make sure that the tenants are paying rent on time. I think as a property investor, you don't want to think about have the tenants paid their rent, 
have they gone, has the agency gone through and done a routine inspection or checked on the property? Uh, if you're an agency and you know you're fulfilling those obligations, your landlords are going to sleep at night. Mm. Mm, right? So, you know, what do you say, Darren, in, in, all, in all our um, sessions about, you know? My, my famous topic or my famous one-liner is you got to get really good at knowing what goes on in the bedroom of your clients. And of course, that means when their head hits a pillow, what are they stressing about? You've got to know that. So an accidental landlord, um, they're now stressing about their mortgage not being paid and they're stressing about um, getting the tenant from hell because it's their family home. So that's what they would be losing sleep over. Um, any new investor would be also stressing about those things too. So each one of those avatars have particular stress points and probably just two or three, but you've got to be aware of them. And what I say is, people, if you're going to get good at reaching and talking to your uh, ideal client in a way that they think you're only talking to them, you need to become experts on pain. You need to know exactly what those pain points are. So you then need to know how to rub salt into those wounds to get their attention. And then they can see you as the perfect solution. All righty, moving on. Number seven, what does your ideal client, your avatar complain about when they're with their friends or family, i.e. not enough monies or not enough time, don't know how to do something? Tell us about that um, backyard family chat. That Why is it so important to know that stuff? Yeah, but people listen to the people in their sphere of influence. You know, like it's, it's funny how people will ask someone who's got no experience or no idea um, about a problem and somehow take their advice or their advice resonates in the back of their mind when they're going to make a decision. You know, um, you find that when people are out and about at a barbecue, the things that they normally speak about are fees, right? Oh, my property manager only charges me this much. What does your property manager do? Property manager do? And they say, oh, mine does that too. Mine does that too. But why am I being charged X amount when you're being charged Y? doesn't make sense. And then they call up property manager and say, hey, my friend is being charged X. Why am I paying Y? We see this too, Darren. I was talking to someone the other day um, over in the Eastern States and they had a landlord from the, uh, sorry, they're in the, they're in the West and they had a landlord coming across from the East and couldn't understand why they were going to be charged a different rate as to what they're being charged on the Eastern side. And this was all because they actually had, the owners had, um, conversations with their friends about what they're being charged um also if they don't hear back from the property managers these are things they talk about oh don't go with my person because they don't return the phone call or don't go with my person because my tenants always turning over right so what does your perfect client complain about when they're with their friends or family and darren i would call up your favorite client and say hey i'm trying to work out an avatar for my favorite client and you are my favorite client. And I would love to know yep. what are the things you talk about when you're at a barbecue? And I do the same too. I've got people who are good friends at work in real estate. They own rent roles. And I say, Hey, look, you know, you're my ideal client, my avatar. How do you think about this? What do you think about this? How do you stress about this? If you were in the doing this, what would you do? So as a marketer, I can get to know my ideal client by simply calling people that are, are, are that they they know me, I can trust, 
good friends where they know exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to come up with this avatar and I can run scenarios past them. And, and, and I'm listening to Dennis as well. So he's always talking to people in our industry. Um, he's feeding me very quickly. Darren, we've got this problem's happening, that problem's happening. And so as a marketer, I know how to reach our ideal client by understanding intimately the issues and problems and pain points. Remember, people only care about solving a problem and pain. If they've got no problems, um, they're not interested in you, all righty? Only you are a solution to their pain, they need their problems. So you've got to be an expert in pain. All righty, moving on. Next is, um, next question, what is the cost of staying where they are right now? How bad can things become if they don't fix it? So people really, um, where the pain's enough, they are willing to part with money. If the pain's not high enough, um, they want to hold on to their money. So at what point you know what tipping point michael really is at what point will they cross the line where right i need to find a solution for this now i'm willing to pay because my pain is too much tell us about that one this is a double-edged question darren like when we say what is the cost of staying where they are right now because you're trying to think of your ideal client is with another agency or they're managing the property on their own or whatever the circumstance is but you have many ideal clients under your nose right now in your own agency and what would be um, the cost of them staying with you if they had a problem that you weren't aware of. Right? You may think they're your ideal client, but they may have underlying problems. Um, how bad can things become if they don't fix it? Darren, you always talk about the alternate cost of, you know, is the it altern the alternative cost? Alternative cost, sorry. Um, and um, I, rem I remember actually you told me this. We had a discussion probably back in 20. 16 or 2017 and um i was talking to you about uh statement fees because i was charging a high statement fee and um, i said to you some of the owners of a, of a new book were complaining about that and they were threatening to leave and if i didn't reduce the, the fee again and you're talking about you know the um yeah that that cost and i went back to them and i said well you know if you were to take these statements to all your to your accountants they're going to cost you this much or 500 bucks for the same thing yeah and you know we're, com we're compiling everything for you um it's simple we get one document and it's only going to cost you this much um and you know so they realized that the cost of actually staying with me was was cheaper than if they were going to go somewhere else and they had to you know compile all their documents yeah um also too if your agency takes four weeks to rent out a property when the market average is two weeks right so your owners are missing out on financial benefits um how bad can things become if they if they don't fix it if they don't make a change? Yep. You know, it's it could be thousands of dollars if they don't make a change. Correct. And it, you know, this also works in reverse too, Michael. So we got situations where you've got an owner who's been with your agency for a long time, and you've you've done the right thing, and you've given them a really, really, really good tenant. And then the owner one day, the tenant's been there two years, and he wakes up and goes, "What am I doing? Paying all this money to an agent? I've got a brilliant tenant. All they do is drink coffee." collect the rent, um, I'll take it back. And every now and again, we do see that. It, the cost of staying where they are right now uh, is too much in their mind. And of course, we think as property managers, they should have, they deserve a bad tenant, but their, their frustrations that happen every now and again. It, you know, thankfully it's not a, a trend. Um, but okay, next question here. What is the most urgent pressing crisis they have to solve right away? The real pain they're facing, the thing they need fixed immediately. So I think for everyone out there, most owners, when they come to you, they've likely got a pending vacant property or they have a vacant property. And the big three pain points, see so in sales, 
The pain point is they want best price and the quickest possible time. In property management, it's the best rent with the best tenant in the fastest possible time. So um, they're usually the big three crisis pain points, aren't they, Michael? That you start rambling on about the 12 statements that you give them, they probably don't give a crap because that's not feeding into the big pain points they have right now. No, and I'd be encouraging everybody when they bring new properties on, on board to ask them what was what were the pain point reasons that made you change from where you are to come to us. Mm-hmm. Right? Ask that because you know, log that down towards that avatar. A lot of people move for the same reason, mm-hmm. or the same consistent reason. Sorry. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question to work out your ideal client, your avatar. What is the biggest mistake your your client is making right now related to the problem that you solve? Well, this is very open, uh, open-ended. open What's the biggest mistake your perfect client is making right now? I mean, you could say that they're not with you yet. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you um, you've got to be standing on that soapbox. If you legitimately think that you are the best property management provider in your area and you're not on that soapbox, letting everybody out there know, doing uh, your ideal client a big disservice they should know um but you know what's their biggest mistake i would be identifying what your ideal avatar is knowing what their um pain points are marketing those pain points letting them know that hey you have got a problem and we can fix it and and one of the big pain points of that or mistakes that your ideal client has already made in the past is going with a cheaper agent um, and you've seen them get their fingers burnt. And then one or two years later, begging to come on back on board with you um, and with all their pain and just not questioning your fees whatsoever because they realize now. And that there is a very powerful marketing message where you got war stories, horror stories, stories of woe, stories of pain, stories of anguish that you can share with your ideal client when you're meeting with them. Um, and like, should you feel that they're leaning towards the cheaper agent and, and horrify them with the cost of what a cheaper agent actually costs? Because, Michael, we know that the cheaper agent actually costs the most. Normally it does. It is the most expensive. The cheaper the agent, the most expensive that it does become. The consequences. It's the, it, it, and, and they think they're, they're saving money at the start, but the consequences of going with that cheaper agent is going to be a lot more expensive. So, again, what is the biggest mistake that they're made or have made that you're aware they're likely to make if you don't make it aware of them, all those sorts of things there. So, um, everyone, we've got to wrap up this podcast, but reach out to us, office at igtmail.com. Ask for the um, the avatar worksheet or the avatar question so you can work out who your ideal client is. And of course, reach out um, to michael at igtmail.com if you just want to have a quick chat, you want some help, guidance around working out who your avatar is. Um, but Michael, I think that is a really good BDM coach podcast episode that people can enjoy. Yeah, I hope it helps people really identify who their ideal client is. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks thanks so much, everyone. Make sure you check out the other recordings that we do have as well. Um, and take care. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.